recorded live. Hey everyone, you are listening to the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. <laughs> Today is March 30th, 2015, and this is episode number 113, entitled Nintendo Going Mobile. Well, we'll, we'll explain that in a little while, but my name is Hassan, and I'm here with Steve. Hello, I'm here with uh, Gold Mario. <laughs> nice. Uh, we have Barry here. Hey, guys. And see, if I knew you were going to do that, I would have grabbed my Gold Mario, too. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm just Barry without Gold Mario currently right here. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Nice. <laughs> my Gold Mario hasn't arrived yet, unfortunately, but it will soon. Um, but we have a special guest with us today. We have Nick. Hey, guys. Steve, you're no longer my friend. Your fault. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> it's okay, because Bowser's got my back. Oh, there you go. I got one of those, so I guess I'm not totally left out. <laughs> so we are here, and we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, and one of the things that we will be discussing uh, in a little while is uh, – PAX East, and so both Steve and Nick got the chance to go to that, so we'll have some impressions from them on that. But first things first, you may be wondering, if you're watching the Google Hangout, which, by the way, we we do our podcast uh, a couple different ways. We have it through TalkShoe, and you can essentially uh, listen to us live. Uh, Full details on that are on nintendofuse.com. You can even call into the the podcast as well, voice your opinion live on the show. And we do a video stream as well through Google Hangouts. So youtube.com slash Nintendo Fuse is our channel, and you'll see the live video there. So if you're watching the video, you may be wondering, you know, what, what shirt I'm wearing right now. What is this shirt? Look at that. Is that, is that Samus? What? Look at that. So, uh, Steve, do you want to tell us about these shirts? Oh, well, since you mentioned it, uh, oh, there's a, there's a Rainbow Road shirt. What? Oh, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, our friends over at Gamer Prince have uh, put together um, some more gamer t-shirts. And as you guys know, um, if you've been watching and paying attention to the podcast for for very long at all, uh, you know that we love gaming t-shirts. In fact, we're probably donning a different one every time we have a podcast. Um, And so (laughs) our friends at Gamer Print have got a hold of us. Uh, We ran a contest with them a couple years ago over some uh, holiday and Christmas cards that they, uh, they gave away. And so now they have 10 new designs. Uh, for t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff like that. And they reached out to us and they said, hey, we want to give away uh, a new design, uh, actually any any pick of our designs, including our 10 new designs, for one of your, your readers and one of your listeners. And so um, that contest is going to start as, as soon as the podcast is over tonight. We're going to put the, pot, the, the post up live um, as soon as we're done with this podcast. But basically the details are this. Um, really, really simple. We want you to comment on the post, and you're going to give your favorite gaming quote. That doesn't have to be a Nintendo quote, but just some quote that you really love from from the world of gaming. And then uh, you're going to make sure you include either and or your, your Facebook um, username and or your Twitter username, because we need to be able to get a hold of you if you do win. Um, just in case you don't check the comments, we'll we'll figure out um, how to get in touch with you and everything from that. So make sure you include your usernames for Facebook and Twitter on your your comments. Um, But also, you not only need to leave the comment, but you need to like and uh, follow uh, GamerPret on Facebook and Twitter, and you need to like and follow Nintendo Fuse on on Facebook and Twitter. So a little bit of liking and following, yeah, a little bit of self-promotion. But make sure that you guys are following us and, and get the best Nintendo news and reviews from our social outlets, but we want you to make sure you uh, include that quote that you really like in the comments, and one of you will win at midnight Eastern time next Monday night. So that's when the contest is going to end is next Monday night at, uh, at midnight Eastern time, and we'll pick a winner, and GamerPrint will sh- send you um, one, of those, one of those shirts in your, your choice of design. So thanks, GamerPrint, for doing that, and uh, we look forward to seeing your submissions on that uh, starting tonight as soon as the podcast is over. There you go. Yeah, thank you, GamerPrint, and yeah, definitely want to go get your chance to win one of these great T-shirts. So go go try that out. Go check it out. All right. So uh, with that, well, let's kind of uh, 
uh, head into the next topic and, and some quick shout outs too for everybody that's there in the, the chat room. Uh, a Mac 11, Harsimmer Sohi, Harman Sohi, um, Alex is in there as well. Uh, his internet connection was, was uh, not the best today, so he wasn't able to call into the show, but he's, he's there in the chat room. So shout out to Alex. Um, and yeah, if you guys are in the chat, post some comments, we'll read them on the podcast as well. So go for it. So Steve and Nick recently went to PAX East and, uh, we want to know all about it. Tell us all the details, all the fun games you guys got to play. Let's uh, let's hear how that was. I know this year Nintendo actually had a decent presence, right? I think in the past, last year was it? They really didn't have much. Um, yeah, how was that? It's kind of been it's kind of been like every other year. Um, so so they had a Nintendo booth. I think the year that you uh, you and Mickey and I went, right, uh, Hudson? There was a Nintendo yeah. booth then. Okay, so I think yep. they had maybe like a couple years in a row, and then all of a sudden they kind of dropped out back east, and then um, a couple years ago they were back. And then last year they were like nowhere to be seen, and then this year they had they had a, a booth again. They had uh they had just one Wii U game that they were showing off, uh, Splatoon, and then they had several different 3DS stations uh, for that. So um, yeah, you want to you want to talk about Splatoon first because that was kind of the, the the game that we both ran to first, um, and and rightly so. <laughs> it was probably uh, my favorite I think that I that I played not not necessarily my biggest surprise because there was a few games that I played that uh, I was surprised that I liked so much but Splatoon was definitely the one that I was most excited going into the show about um, what do you think you because Nick actually got to play it right before I did because I was stuck in Boston traffic while he was waiting in line and actually got in there um, was like one of the very very first ones to play it so what do you think about it Nick <clears throat> yeah well I managed to show up pretty early. They give media members a little early access. So we ran right in, and uh, I made my way straight to the Splatoon line. And I got to say, I was not expecting how fast Splatoon is. I was not expecting how beautiful Splatoon is. I wasn't expecting to have as much fun as I did, especially in a group of strangers. I mean, there was two groups of four playing against each other locally and we were running around splatting each other, splatting enemies, covering paint. And I was high-fiving strangers the whole time. It is a blast. Splatoon is for real. I wasn't sure if it was, but after three rounds of a couple minutes each, I was completely sold on Splatoon and I'm looking forward to it. It's absolutely one of my most anticipated games at this point. So looking forward to it. Yeah. I think I, 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 Totally agree. Um, and the things that I would add is I didn't I didn't realize like what I necessarily I was getting myself into. I, I when I first started, I didn't I'd seen the game before, but I'd never you know ever played it. I know Alex could play it last year at E3, but so I I was just like okay, um, I'll jump in and, and try. And uh, initially I was like, you know what, I'm gonna turn these motion controls off because I think it's silly, and a lot of people are against it. And what I found out was. Um, the, the few moments that I left them on, they're actually really precise. And I was thinking, you know, when I actually get the game, I might keep the motion controls on. But I was, I was really surprised by how precise they were. Um, a lot more precise than just using the analog sticks, actually, for, for aiming. Um, another thing I, meant, I, I found out was uh, we were already pre-assigned characters and uh, weapons and everything. And whatever weapon I had, um, I don't think I'm going to choose that in the <laughs> final game because uh, I was not a big fan of it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I'm like, I, I'm looking forward to the customization. I think to really hone in on what I really want to use and what's going to work best for my style of play and everything. Um, but yeah, I think uh, once I finally got the hang of what I was doing um, and realized that spraying the walls was not counting in my favor. Um, and that was uh, a big help, and it was it was really fun. Yeah, definitely really fun. So, so let's let's continue on, I guess, with uh, with Nintendo uh, games themselves. Um, let's see, Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. Um, I think both of us had a chance to to play that one. Um, Nick, I can't remember. Have you played Xenoblade before? No, this was my first time ever playing it. I own it, but I'm too intimidated. Too big of a game, you know. Oh, yeah. no, you yeah. got to play it. No excuses. you got to play it. I'll find it. Barry, <laughs> Barry is going to hold us down and make sure that we all play Xenoblade. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it, for me, Xenoblade was uh, was definitely it was a bit overwhelming actually as a demo. The demo itself was very um, <laughs> extensive, I guess. And and uh, before I knew it, I was I was sitting there, I was totally engrossed in the the, the, the story. Um, and there's a big lot of big cutscenes that were going on. They look really cool on the 3DS um, and everything. And and before I knew it, I was like, oh right, uh, gameplay. Um, I should probably keep on uh, <laughs> skip through these these uh, cutscenes and actually get to gameplay. Um, once I did, though, I was a bit confused. It was the same thing for you, Nick. I, I wasn't really sure how to really attack, and I was maybe I missed something because I skipped through the the, the cutscenes or something, but I, I was a bit confused on how you actually attack in the game because it's a different style of, of RPG than and I was used to from the turn-based stuff. Yeah, I had the same issue. Uh, I you know, I don't play a ton of RPGs like that, but I thought I had a pretty good grasp. And being a newbie, I jumped right into it, and uh, I was getting killed out there. I mean, you can't really get killed in the demo, but I couldn't make any progress. It was uh, definitely a pretty steep learning curve for it right out of the gate. So, Really? That's true. Yeah. And the attack system is <laughs> just auto-attacking, and then you have your bar on the bottom, which is your different art, and each art has a different cooldown. So you can move, at least with the Wii version, you can move along the art bar for your character and choose what you want to do. So if you do an art, like it starts to cool down just for that art. So you could link arts, and occasionally, depending on the party dynamic you have and how well they like each other, occasionally you'll see something in the middle. Uh, I think in the 3DS version, it's the B button. You hit it, and you kind of do a, a link attack. But other than that, it's just auto attacks and just do the arts when they're up. I don't think I picked up that it was auto attack. I was like mashing the button the whole time, going attack, 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 <laughs> get around him, come oh, on, yeah. beat yep. this guy. <laughs> so that that probably helps some too. <laughs> now I know so. Xenoblade Chronicles 3D is one of those uh, new 3DS, you know, games. Do you think like can you see that noticeable difference in terms of the the graphical capabilities and everything for this game? Um, um, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. The cutscenes were pretty impressive, just kind of the scope of what was going on in them, but I didn't see a massive graphical improvement. It was very similar to any other game on the system. Yeah, I, I think in terms of gameplay, it didn't really look any different. The, the cutscenes were really, really, really nice for, for 3DS, but, but in terms of gameplay... It didn't really impress me, like too much. I, I mean, I bet it's probably. Great. Yeah, it's probably. I guess the scope of the game is probably what what really you know had to be there for the new 3DS part. So that probably yeah, right. took up most of the yeah. space. That's true because that's yeah. a gigantic game. Gotcha. Right. Um, any other like big standouts for for Pax East? Uh, let's see what else. Um. We both uh, we both checked out the puzzle and dragon stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. both got our butts kicked on the harder uh, levels. And because yeah, the the easy level was like, oh yeah, we're good. And then all of a sudden we tried the harder level one night. <laughs> Man, this is difficult. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we talked about that how how puzzle and dragon seems um, pretty cool, but the the Super Mario edition, um, we both agree that we we would have liked it to see it as a standalone product, um, just like a, a downloadable uh, product, and, and hopefully that maybe comes along later, because, you know, it'd be nice to just, you know, pay 10 bucks just to get that instead of paying like a full $30, $40 to get this other game, which, which is probably great, but if I'm looking for just a quick fix on a, a Mario-style Puzzle and Dragons, it'd be nice to just have it by itself instead of having to buy the entire package. Well, since they did that with Kirby, they'll probably do that as well. But they're smart to bundle the retail with both games, I think, at least. Yeah, I think that's the only way they're going to get a lot of American people to buy Puzzle and Dragon Z. It's a very hardcore RPG, it turns out. It's kind of like Pokemon, but the battles are with the match three sort of puzzle gameplay. And that's cool for some people, but I don't think that's going to fly with a lot of people in the Western audience that just want to play the Mario version. But right now, I mean, we don't have any 
avenue to do that other than to buy the full package, you know? So if I could just yep. buy that one, I would play it all the time, but I know I'm never going to touch the other game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. There's a, a couple others. Uh, Nick had a chance to actually get some t- uh, hands-on with the, the Shovel Knight DLC um, for uh, Plague of Shadows. Um, want to tell us a little bit about Plague of Shadows? Sure. You know, actually hopping in line, it was funny. I was seeing people walk up to play the Shovel Knight demo, and you can choose if you want to play the Shovel Knight stage or the Plague Knight stage. And every time someone picks Shovel Knight, I'm like, no, what are you doing? You know, you got to try it out, guys. But uh, it's very, very similar to Shovel Knight uh, in presentation, and the enemies were the same. It was actually the same level as one of the earlier levels of the Shovel Knight campaign. But Plague Knight handles very, very differently. He's got a double jump, which doesn't sound like much, but when you're used to the single jump and the pogo jumping of Shovel Knight, it's a massive difference. And uh, he's a lot floatier than Shovel Knight is and can throw... His only attack is he throws these little explosive potions, I guess they are. And uh, that's not as easy as just hacking and slashing with a shovel. And... uh, if you jump, if you do, you can actually get an extended jump using your explosives. If you double jump and then just spam explosives in the air, you'll hover for a long time. So Plague Knight can cover pretty good distances in the air. Uh, but other than that, it's pretty similar to Shovel Knight. But it took me a while to get my hands around the new sort of traversal mechanics. But I'm very excited. I mean, Shovel Knight was one of my favorite games of the year, and the fact that it's free is just icing on the cake. Yeah, I'm still amazed that they're giving away it for free. That's just, that's crazy. It's like a brand new game. They're just including. Um, we were both, we were both pretty impressed by, uh, by Thrumbo and uh, Toto Temple Deluxe. Um, yeah. Two multiplayer uh, party games that just are, are both um, kind of like, they're, they're, they're entirely different types of games, but they're both that chaotic Four player, I mean, actually, Rumbo can be eight players or nine. Nine players. Right? Nine, nine, nine players. players. The first nine um, players. Toto Temple Deluxe. Yeah, first nine players ever. So you got like, you have to, <laughs> the way they did it, um, you have to connect like a, a, a nunchuck or a classic controller to your remote. So you actually, you know, if you get it out of control and you're like, might rip it out of your other player's hand, I guess. Um, but uh, both of them are very chaotic and, and, and just a blast to play. And I'm looking forward to having both of them uh, and, and just playing at parties. Um, yeah, you can check out more about about both of those games. But those were kind of two that I think really stood out to us, and we had a lot of fun playing them. Um, I think the other one was uh, Adventures of Pip. Uh, both of us kind of went into Adventures of Pip not really knowing much, and then stepping away, going, "Wow, that was that was really good." Um, now I'm excited about it. So um, it's definitely Adventures of Pip as, a, as another one to kind of keep your eye on as well. Um, anything else that you want to mention, Nick, before we move on to the next thing? Uh, you know, that's pretty much all we got to talk from Nintendo. I mean, we did see, we played Chariot for a little bit, which is already out. But uh, I, had, I had played it a little bit, but never co-op. And uh, it was pretty difficult to uh, work together, but I think we figured it out. That's true. For a while, we were like, uh, okay, how do we do this? But it was fun. It was uh, yeah. kind of trial by fire, teamwork coming together. Yeah. Um, I was going to say as well, um, I know I've been promising on, on Twitter for a while to our, our followers up there that the, our interview with Neon the Ninja is, was going to be up like right after we were done with PAX East, and um, things just got busy for me, and I'm still editing that. So uh, we have a full interview with the, the developers of Neon the Ninja, and uh, that was another game that it's, it's still in very, very early development um, for for Wii U. Pretty excited about it, I think. But, um, but yeah, check out, um, keep waiting. It's going to be done really, really soon, um, our full interview with the developers. Awesome. Um, I do have some some comments from the from the chat. So, uh, a, a Mac 11 is saying uh, Puzzles and Dragons is releasing for for thirty dollars. So, I guess that's kind of one incentive if it's uh, you kind of have two games in a way for for a lower price. Um, Alex is actually saying, do we have a release date for the Plague Knight DLC? 
I think it's Q2 2015. I don't think there's an exact date, but it's quarter two, so it's not too long. Gotcha. Uh, Roth is in the uh, the talk show chat, so shout out to Roth. Uh, He says free DLC is how it should always be. I agree. That would be awesome. Um, He's asking. uh, They're like they're going to be doing other ones in addition to Plague Night, which is awesome. Can't wait. Yeah, I always love when when developers do that. Like it, the other example that comes to mind, at least from Nintendo directly, is like uh, Mario Kart, with all the new tracks and everything they're just releasing. I mean, um, although wait, Mario Kart you had to purchase, didn't you? You did, yeah. but yes, that's right. But still, I, will I guess it's nice it. to have extra. <laughs> I, I had totally that even forgot that. Stuff. In addition to the yeah, that's four, true. Four, four, they raised the uh, level caps and added new items and new weapons and stuff for free. And new, three new characters yeah. were added as well. That's true. Yep. Uh, so, free DLC is always nice for sure. Uh, Roth is asking, uh, did you guys get to try Axiom Verge at PAX East? Uh, I saw Axiom Verge at PAX East, but I didn't get a chance to play it. I played the demo on uh, PS4 at GameStop, and uh, it's certainly a Metroid game. It's uh, it's definitely a lot of fun, though. I mean, if that's your style of game, I mean, side-scrolling, exploration, hidden pathways, all sorts of things like that. Uh, but as far as I know, that's still a PlayStation exclusive. Um, but if you have a PlayStation, that's definitely a game to go for. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so that's it for, for PAX East. So, uh yeah, thank you guys for sharing your your impressions of PAX East. If you ever get the chance to go to to PAX or a similar convention, definitely check it out because it's always a lot of fun to go and and try out a whole bunch of games and everything. Um, so definitely a a fun experience. All right, so on to uh, we went from some some good fun stuff to now uh, some some bad news. Unfortunately, ah, the Legend of Zelda Wii U has been delayed. So um, they released a little video, um, and uh, uh, Eiji Onuma was basically saying that they, you know, there's a whole bunch of new ideas that they keep having, and they want to put all that time and energy into it. So they are going to uh, push it off into 2016, which, you know, I kind of expected, though. I mean, typically with the way Zelda games go, they tend to get delayed and stuff. And so it's sort of, I kind of expected it. But what I didn't expect is the follow-up piece of news is that they're not even going to have the game at E3, which surprises me. Although, I don't know what that means. Are they talking about no gameplay at E3 or just, you know, not even at all in trailer form or anything, which that would be really surprising. So that almost makes me a little worried, too. I don't. Did you guys get that sense as well? Yeah, the way, the way it seemed is, number one, I mean, not to give any false hopes because chances are it's going to be, 2016, but technically he said that they're not going to hold fast to that 2015 date anymore, so it could still appear in 2015, but the chances are incredibly incredibly slim. Um, but in terms of E3, yeah, I think the way it sounded, they're they're not going to be there at all in terms of uh, Zelda um, having anything playable, um, viewable, or anything. They're just going to leave Zelda completely out of the show um, altogether. They, I, I, when that news hit, I watched that uh, video, and I saw all these posts on Twitter and Facebook. Oh my God, Zelda's delayed! Oh my God, crime and Nintendo. What are you doing? Nintendo's doomed. What are you do? And all I can, uh, maybe it's my age, but all I could do was smile that entire video, because what I saw was a developer who loves the franchise he's working on, so excited to have new, fresh ideas to put into a series that's over 25 years old. He was like a kid at a candy store. Just, oh, my God, I got all these new ideas, all these new possibilities. And the number one thing people complain about so many publishers, EA, Capcom, Namco, they they push games out. They hadn't hit a deadline. They push games out. They're buggy. Look at last year. How many buggy games, AAA titles were released? People complained. Drive Club didn't work. Halo didn't work. You know, this is not only a developer who loves what he's working on, but is willing to take the time to make it the best possible. So while, yes, I would love to play Zelda 
you know, this this Christmas. No bigger Zelda fan than myself. I'm happy for two reasons. One, because I know when I do get to play it that it's going to be the best game in Zelda uh, since Link's Awakening, as far as I'm concerned. And number two is Game Boy Chronicles X is going to take the game of the year. I don't have to make that tough decision, which one I'm going to have to worry about. But uh, <laughs> but seriously, they're going to have something to be If it's not Zelda, they already stated they have surprises. They stated there's unannounced games for 2015. There's unannounced games for 2016. They're going to fill that slot with something. They're going to blow us away. Uh, they might have a trailer, but if they don't, it's because what we saw is not going to be the game anymore. Like, There's so many changes they must be doing that they don't want to show it off early. Because what happens when games are shown off early? People just sit and nitpick about pre-alpha footage. All oh, those textures suck. This game's going to suck. There's no point to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely got mixed emotions about this right now. On one hand, I'm with you. They only pushed it for good reasons. In fact, they said they're exploring new possibilities that they just found. That So it's only going to get better from here. But this was my game that I was looking forward to this year. This was number one for me. And honestly, this was a big chance for Nintendo to stand out this year because Uncharted just got pushed for PlayStation. And, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Xbox games. Halo could move at any second. That wouldn't surprise me. But Zelda is Zelda. Zelda is going to move Wii U. Zelda is going to steal headlines. And if it doesn't come out this year, which now it looks like it's not going to, that's a big blow for Nintendo. And they're going to have to fill that hole with something, just like you said, Barry. And I don't know what that's going to be, because I don't think, A, I don't think Xenoblade Chronicles X is a lock for this year. As much as they say it is, I'm not convinced it is going to come out this year. We haven't seen anything of an American or English or anything version of the game. And that's not even really, that's sort of for a niche audience. As much as you might love it, and I'm sure it will be great and people will love it, I don't think that's a big deal for the mass audience, but Zelda is a big deal. And the fact that we're not getting it, that's really a big blow personally to me because I was excited, but I think it's a big blow to Nintendo and their strategy for this year. I just hope they can do something to remain relevant until next year and keep people talking about them. I mean, Nintendo is always relevant, but it's going to hurt to see other games come out and know Zelda. Well, Nintendo knows this. They they know they definitely know this, and they've got other games. I mean, how many games, even last year, came out of nowhere? Kirby and the Rainbow Curse came out of nowhere. Mario Maker came out of nowhere. Splatoon came out of nowhere. And those were all really far along games. I mean, Kirby's already out. Uh, Splatoon's coming out just you know, in a short few months. So who knows what they have up their sleeve? I mean, they could pop out, here's a new F-Zero. Here's a new Fire Emblem for the, the Wii U. You know, here's Star Fox you know, fully shown off. Here's a new Metroid. We don't know what Retro's been working on. Maybe that's going to fill the slot. There's so many unknowns at this point that Nintendo may say, hey, we feel comfortable pushing Zelda aside to make it the best ever, but don't worry. We have an ace up our sleeve, and here it is. And we're not going to expect this. Yeah, I hope you're right. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I hope we are too, um, because they, they need it. Um, if they're going to continue to, to continue to push consoles throughout the holiday season as well. They're going to need some big games that are going to, to push people to say, okay, yeah, I do want that Wii U. Um, even though I'm going to have to wait a little longer on Zelda, um, I do want that Wii U. And, I, and I'm, I'm with um, Barry. I think you know, it was, it was cool. it's always cool to, to hear directly from the developer and, and just, you know, hearing their passion behind the game and, and what they're making. And, and it's what you heard. And and it's exciting to, to know what, you know, it's the unknown. Like, where is Zelda going to go? And, and they don't even really know, I don't think, just yet. Um, and, and I think it's also exciting for me to, to hear that they're having all these possibilities on the Wii U because a lot of people are, are you know, downplaying the Wii U, its power, its capacity, and all this stuff to be able to create, like, an amazing game. But all of a sudden you have... The, the producer of Zelda saying, oh, no, we can do some amazing things in Zelda on Wii U. That gets me excited for this console again. And, um, yeah, it's disappointing that we're going to have to wait a little longer. But it's, it's, 
it's like we talked about before. When when a game gets pushed back in order to make it better, it's it's going to be okay. Um, as far as the entire company goes, yeah, I, I do hope they have some, some things to fill those gaps that, that Zelda is going to leave. Um, but you know, I, I think they've probably done their homework and they realize that, and so hopefully they're gonna they're probably gonna I'm assuming adjust some of their release schedules um, to kind of fill that gap is what we're gonna we're probably gonna see some other games delayed, might see some others pulled up a little bit more to kind of fill in that gap and and, and a couple surprises probably too. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. They could pull Twilight Princess again. Just saying. <laughs> oh, you're talking about like with on like the next console too or something, yeah. or like, you know, people are saying that. I I don't know that I that I think that'll happen though, because I I feel like I, I think that. that the next system is is a long while away. You know, I think because um, there were a whole bunch of comments after the whole. We'll talk about it later. The Nintendo NX and everything. Everybody's like, oh, that's it. New Zelda's going to Nintendo NX. I'm like, whoa, guys, relax. You know, everybody kind of jumps yeah. the gun there. Um, Wii U yeah. is still here to stay. Um, there's plenty of Wii U games on the way. We still have Star Fox. I mean, that's supposedly this year as well. So that could be something that uh, comes out in the fall or holiday time or something. Um, so we still have plenty more to to come for, for Wii U this year. So yeah, Yoshi we'll too. see uh, what happens. Right, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch. So... Um, it, it does remind me, I mean, yeah, you know, delays are, do suck a little bit, but at the same time, it, you know, we got to remember Shigeru Miyamoto and his, his famous quote, right? A delayed game is eventually good. A bad game is bad forever. So um, definitely some wise words, and uh, I'm sure it will be worth the wait. So we shall see. Um, and uh, with that, you know, I guess the one thing that might keep us uh, busy before the new Zelda comes out, maybe some mobile games, perhaps. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what will happen with that? You, you, um, mean, you mean like mobile like this, right? That, no, like, no, no, no. I mean mobile, right? I mean mobile like, hello, hey, how are you? Oh, hold on, I want to play some games on my what? mobile smartphone. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, yeah, I know. Nintendo's coming out with a smartphone. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, they're, they're taking Nokia's thing. They're going to do the side talking all over again. <laughs> Nintendo's going third party. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I flip flop. So yeah, uh, <laughs> stuff happened. Um, there were some announcements that were made, uh, which were somewhat surprising. Although, if you really go back and kind of listen to what some of the stuff that Iwata said before, almost not as surprising as you would think. Uh, so essentially. Uh, there's a company called DNA, um, and it's spelled like D-E-N-A, but it's pronounced DNA. Um, and they have partnered with Nintendo. So DNA does a lot of uh, uh, mobile games and other, you know, applications and everything. And so Nintendo has partnered with them to release Nintendo games on mobile devices, like on smartphones. Now, however, we're not talking Nintendo games that you can get on your 3DS or Wii U or anything like that. We're talking completely original games designed for mobile devices. So you're not going to be able to play your 3DS games or Wii U games on mobile devices or anything like that. Not even retro classics. We're talking completely original design for mobile games. And with the intention of, according to Nintendo, they want people to get familiarized with Nintendo IP and essentially then go and buy dedicated uh, game consoles to play more games. So it's almost in a way a bit of an advertisement for their actual systems. And to go hand-in-hand with that, they announced, you know, obviously they're working on a new system, and it's codenamed Nintendo NX, and that's all they said. But essentially their intention was to say, we're not stopping making our own game systems. You know, another one is coming, but this is just another avenue to kind of use Nintendo IP. Um, And so, you know, a lot of people freaked out. Although if you do go back and and listen to some comments Iwata made at Investor Briefing, he did kind of say that they are going to be exploring those opportunities on mobile devices and ways to advertise. And he did say that, you know, if the opportunity came, they might do some games. So it's not completely surprising, but um, it still is a bit surprising to say that, like, it's actually finally happening. So um, what right. do you guys think of this? Yeah, I think I think you hit, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of, of news sources and, and other people have totally forgot that he even alluded to that before. They're like, oh my gosh, this kind of came out of completely left field, and I was like, no, no, it didn't. Um, he's he's been talking about this for a while. Maybe not 
games per se, but they've been talking about getting to the mobile market for a while. And especially, you know, they've been talking about expanding the Nintendo network more. Um, and I think, well, my guess is this is this is probably a deal that happened because of their effort to to really um, to get someone another company to continue to help them in the area of their online presence and, and uh, getting a, a you know a, a, an account system that really definitely works and and everything and that's what DNA actually can do they've done that in the Japan, Japanese market on uh, mobile games they have this company like or uh, or thing called Mobage. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but it's kind of like that. It's kind of like Game Center for iOS and some other things. Like it's that underlying system that works in all these different games together, and they're very, very familiar with that. And I think that was a, probably a smart move because that's something that all every fan of Nintendo and non-fans alike have been criticizing them about is their their online presence is awful. And they just have no online system to really help uh, online games and and all that stuff. And so to partner with someone that seems like they really know how to do it is probably a smart move. My guess is they probably in their talks they said, hey, what what do you what do you think about uh, maybe you know bringing a Mario over to uh, a game on on you know smartphones as well or Zelda or whatever. And that's probably something they worked out together. But I'm, my guess is they probably went into this deal seeking DNA's help on the, the online structure first. And then this probably came out of that. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm very glad that they're not just porting games. I'm extremely glad because, like, console games do not port over well to smart devices. And those on-screen controls are awful. Um, they need to make something that's designed for a smartphone, that's designed for a multi-touch device, and that's it. Um, and and I like how it's, like, it's kind of like getting in a taste of, of what those games could be like. And they're like, oh, if you like this, come buy our our console and 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 buy a, a real a real game. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm glad that this this is the way they're doing it. I think it's it's done well. It's going to be done well. Yeah, Steve, I agree with you. I think that um, I think the partnership came about with working on the online infrastructure first, and this was an uh, an after effect. And, you know, one, one key thing I did look for is it seems like DNA is actually going to be the one designing the games and developing the games with Nintendo characters, with Nintendo's approval, meaning it won't take any of Nintendo's development costs away from their core game, which I'm very happy to see because they'll be like, oh, Zelda's delayed because we got to go make Mario Pop 55 on mobile right now instead. Uh, so I'm glad to see that. I, I don't expect any trash games, you know, throwaway games. I expect and Nintendo to keep their quality control uh, for their first-party titles to be there. Uh, you know, and I was talking with a friend of mine about this, and I'm not a mobile gamer. I, I despise mobile games. Um, but, you know, when when our generation was growing up, there was a saying that, you know, more more kids today no Mario over Mickey Mouse. And obviously before our generation, Mickey Mouse was the number one most recognizable. Now, in, in 2015, I hear more kids recognize, you know, stuff from Minecraft than Mario. And to hear that, just brings a cheer to my eye. Like, what the hell? You know, this is freaking Mario. So <laughs> I agree. You know, you go out to eat and you look at any family, you see the parents just give them an iPad or just give them an iPhone and say, play, you know, keep yourself busy. So that's what they have because they're they're looking at, well, I already have a phone. I can pay 99 cents for a crap game or a free download with freemium stuff and give it to the kids to entertain themselves instead of spending $200 on a 3DS and, and another $30 on a game. And, and that's the way they're looking at it. So if Nintendo can get in there, all of a sudden these kids are sitting at the table and now they're playing Mario games and go, oh, that's pretty cool. I like these characters. What else are they in? And see this entire library of games that they now want to play, I think it could work in Nintendo's favor. They just have to be careful not to cheapen their brand. So I guess we'll see how that plays out. That's true. I mean, you don't want to, what happened with, uh, what was the, the, uh, the CDI games? Uh, the last time that Nintendo licensed out their characters, we definitely wouldn't want to see that again. Yeah. Well, come on. <laughs> we might get so hungry we could eat a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm i going to say this now, and I think you guys are going to agree with me. 
There is no company in the world that is better designed to take over mobile gaming than Nintendo for two reasons. Number one, Nintendo has always been the masters of getting the most that they can out of the hardware that they're making games for. So these touchscreen touchscreen controls with D-pads and all these things that are awful to use, Nintendo is not going to mess with those. They're going to make something that feels good to play because that's what they've always done. And also, a big problem with mobile gaming is one-and-done developers. They'll make one hit, and then they're out. Nintendo is going to have sustained success because not only will their games likely be pretty good, some of them could be really good, they have so many different IPs, characters, games, all these things that they can work with that they can just have success after success after success. They can keep this going, which in the same way that a lot of mobile game developers cannot do. So this is an absolute must do for Nintendo. This is a win for them and I think this is gonna we're gonna see some really big things come out of this on the mobile space. You know, go figure Nintendo doing big things on the mobile space, but it's in the near future. It's true. It's gonna be really uh, really weird though to have Mario on this. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. And and because of that I can stream it to my T V and be playing Mario on my T V on a completely non Nintendo system. That's going to be weird. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Although, I mean, you got to think, whatever Mario you have in your phone is probably going to be completely different, you know, than your traditional Mario, too, in a way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think uh, everybody made a lot of great points. I think uh, Nintendo will have to be a little careful, though. Like, like Barry mentioned, you know, you don't want to cheapen the brand, too. You know, you, you want to make sure you have some good quality stuff and and something that really does get players to want to get to the dedicated game consoles. Um, because there is always that, that small fear, you know, in the back of, I think, most people's minds that, that this will become so big for Nintendo that, you know, eventually down the road, you know, there's, there's the naysayers that Nintendo will eventually, you know, transition over. I don't think that will happen, but, you know, at the same time, the, the focus has got to be their their own um, consoles. And, um, and but it's exciting, though, to see what they do. And perhaps, they could even integrate the two in a way where you have apps or certain devices on uh, mobile phones and then, I don't know, use a special – connect somehow with your console game or I don't even know. I mean, Nintendo is going to be the one to come up with all sorts of crazy possibilities, right? So um, they, they always have all sorts of interesting control methods and, and who knows uh, what will happen. I almost envision like something uh, – if anybody has like the Xbox, like the Smart Class app, I think it is. So it's like when you turn on your Xbox, you can control stuff from there and do different things. So I almost envision something where they could have an app that does that too. I mean, there, there's so many possibilities, and um, it'll definitely be interesting to see where they go with it. That's true, and I think you brought up a good point because DNA is going to help them develop this online structure and this this system. And so we don't really know what that's going to look like. I mean, obviously, it seems like it's going to be a replacement for Club Nintendo. Um, most likely, but my guess is it's going to definitely incorporate the Nintendo uh, network IDs and stuff. Is I mean they've been talking about how they're going to expand that and use them on different devices over time. And so, um, what's that? What's that network? That infrastructure going to look like over time? Is it going to be able to be something that your your device is going to be more connected over time, including your smart devices, and be able to tie those those little games, those mobile games into the big ones, like you're saying, or the apps that are all going to kind of work together and stuff. Um, it, it's very, I think it, that's most, that's the, the biggest excitement for me, I think, is you know, what does this, this infrastructure going to look like that they're going to be creating with DNA? They're going to create the new Nintendo toilet announced at E3 that will allow you to play your Wii U games while you take a shit. No, if it's too far away from your Wii U. Yeah, oh. screen built. <laughs> Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Harman and Harsimmer in the chat. They had to head out, but thank you guys for for joining in. Um, I also wanted to mention uh, Alex brought up in the chat um, that Nintendo uh, Iwata's quote is development of smart device games will be mainly done by Nintendo, but it is significant that we're forming a joint development structure with DNA. So Nintendo will be having um, a hand in a lot of the developing of the games. Now, of course, it's not going to be, you know, like they're the same teams probably that are making all their other big name titles, but Nintendo is going to be 
having a direct hand in, in developing a lot of these games. So it should have that seal of seal of quality from Nintendo as well. Um, and then also I wanted to mention uh, what Steve was talking about with the, the account system stuff. Um, I think it, it all kind of, everything has really come into fruition. A lot of times in the investor briefings, Iwata talks like very general and you always wonder what he's talking about. And then like months later, it's like, oh, that's what it was. And, and it reminds me of when they're talking about the Nintendo Network ID almost becoming a platform of its own uh, and being able to be used across different devices. And, you know, we have Club Nintendo just ended. And they've talked about using Nintendo Network ID for some sort of reward stuff as well. I mean, it all is like coming together in a way. Um, and I'm looking at the DNA press release for this whole thing. And they said that this membership service um, that they're working on will be accessible from smart devices, PC, and Nintendo systems. Um, and it's targeted to launch in the fall. Um, so it's something that they are actively working on and, and perhaps we'll hear about soon as well. So definitely uh, will be very interesting to see what they do with it. It's true. I, I'm also interested in like the, the 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 portions that they bought of each of those company. It's interesting. So so Nintendo got about like ten percent of DNA, but DNA got I think like one point something percent of Nintendo. So I wonder, you know, it, down the line how this is gonna work out and if there's going to be some sort of um I don't know, merger, not takeover, buyout, I don't know, you know, if this goes well, then Nintendo might just kind of like, okay, we're just going to absorb DNA and, and really just take all their talent and really blow this out of the water if it goes well. Um, so it's kind of like a, a tiptoeing into this, this and see how it goes for a while. And, uh, you know, if it goes well, who knows um, what could happen in the long run. Yeah, they can definitely do that. I know they bought into each other to show how committed they were to the deal so one wouldn't try to screw over the other because they were both invested in each other, uh, which is actually very smart. But I could definitely see them doing that, or I can see them getting 49% of their share and then selling it to Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems like Nintendo's um, learned some things since they had their deal with Sony back in the day. <laughs> right. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Actually, I, you know, I wonder if, if Sony and Microsoft will start to take the mobile space, you know, even more seriously. I know Sony has done the whole, what is it, PlayStation Now, I think it is, or, or something. It's something, I forget what it is. And and they've, they've tried to put their mobile, or the games on mobile devices. And so I wonder if, like, some of these other companies are going to try and take that uh, area more seriously, or, or if not, I don't know. Sure. Well, you do got, I mean, both, both Sony and Microsoft are both phone developers. Uh, and they, they're more of a general electronics, um, a consumer electronics companies. And so they, they don't just make video games. They, they make phones themselves. And so they've been, you know, obviously you got the Windows phone, Windows games and then, you know, the Android games from Sony. Um, but they're, they're making those games as well. And now, I mean, Windows and Microsoft, I mean, they're, they're integrating everything fully into everything with their mobile games, um, Windows games and, and uh, our PC games and Xbox One games are all basically going to be the same eventually, um, I think, um, in a way. And so I'm wondering, you know, Sony's probably going to try to play that as well. They got their whole cloud stuff going on, which is with the, the PlayStation Now, because that enables to do the whole cloud stuff. I mean, they're definitely thinking entire infrastructure of any type of game that you can play. We want to own that space. And I think this is probably Nintendo going, hey, we want a piece of that too. Yeah, Microsoft even right. has on their Windows uh, Live phones, they have games that actually give you Xbox Live achievements if you signed in. And there's even one on the iOS that also will give you Xbox Live achievements, uh, which is kind of interesting how they have integrated that into their mobile games. Uh, not that Nintendo's ever done an achievement-type system outside of like Smash Brothers or anything Sakurai's worked on, but it would be interesting to see if they do try to incorporate whatever mobile games they do come out with your Nintendo Network ID and somehow tie it in like, oh, you know, if you pick up this mobile game, you know, and you score X amount of points, we'll give you a discount on the 3DS eShop version or, or something like that. Yeah. That would be an interesting way to, like, advertise too, uh, you know, because that would definitely kind of push people to, to try and get some of their, their consoles. Um, but also, I mean, Nintendo... 
you know, they, they've kind of expanded. Well, they don't, they've done other things besides video games before too, but they're continuing with that with the, the Amiibo, you know, and what if now with phones that have NFC support, Amiibos on your Nintendo mobile devices. I mean, you know, they, I guess there's, there's so many more ways to, to promote some of these other Nintendo products now too. And because Amiibos in a way are their own line of products. And so, um, it'll definitely be very interesting to see where they go from here. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm actually kind of excited. I never thought I would say that to gotta be excited about Nintendo mobile games, but, but it's, it is kind of exciting though, to see what, <laughs> what happens with those berries. Like none of this, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they could even probably incorporate this whole quality of life stuff. into that as well. I mean, I'm sure that's, it's probably playing into this, this system as well. And so there's no telling. Non-wearable. I mean, your phone, you don't exactly wear it. What if your phone is the quality of life device somehow? I don't even know. That doesn't even make sense. But who knows? Here's, here's, the, here's the question, though, Hudson. I know you've been jumping into the Apple thing. If Nintendo actually came out with a phone, would you jump from Apple over to Nintendo? Uh, you know, I actually did think about that a while ago. <laughs> I wondered about that. Ah. Uh... I feel like I would probably buy a Nintendo phone, but not use it as a phone. Just have it like as a second device just to play those games or something. Um, Cause I couldn't live without it, but I mean, I couldn't, my phone has to be the iPhone at this point, you know? It's true. And I think that's, I mean, they're kind of jumping in late, but I, maybe that's what Apple for instance has this, this infrastructure, this this buy-in, you, you've got all your apps and your music and all this different stuff, and you've got all the different devices. They all work together and stuff. And I'm wondering, you know, if Nintendo's wanting to try to kind of create some sort of infrastructure like that in the gaming space, so where you buy into this whole system, and and they kind of get you for life, uh, if you will. It's kind of like Nintendo, like kind of like Apple has. Right. Yeah, that'll be very interesting to see. I think definitely. Uh... I think E3 this year is going to be very, very interesting. Well, we'll have to see what happens. I don't, I don't know how much of the mobile stuff they're going to announce there or hold off for something else, but there's a lot, uh, a lot of interesting stuff on the way, and I'm kind of excited about it. So, so we'll see what happens. Um, anything else you guys want to add to the whole? Oh, actually, um, I do want to briefly also mention um, we really don't know anything about it, but Nintendo NX, right? I mean, is it a home console? Is it a handheld? Is it both? Um, I, what would you like to see in in the next Nintendo system? There's there's been a lot of talk, and I don't know where it really started um, with it being a hybrid console. And in in my mind, I I love the idea. I love the concept of it being a hybrid console, um, mainly because I've been thinking recently, like just with the way uh, computers and and tablets and, and mobile phones have been advancing. I was thinking, you know, it'd be awesome just to be able to carry a, a really powerful phone around my pocket. And I sit down at my desk and I plug it into a dock, and I'm able to use, you know, it as my main computer, and and just be able to you know, pull it out and go when I need to go away, and and that sort of thing. And so having that sort of similar experience with a with a, a gaming console, you know, being able to to take it on the go. You know, we've always talked about if there's a game on on a home console and a game on the on the you know, a handheld console, it'd be cool if they fully sync together. So if you're playing your Zelda game at home and all of a sudden you got to go, you got to take a trip, you can take the exact same game with you, you just unplug it and take it with you and, and go on your trip and play it on the plane or whatever um, and just pick up where you left off. That That is very exciting for me um, when we talk about that sort of hybrid thing. However, I don't know if the technology exists where we can keep the price at a at a decent spot in order to to make that happen for a Nintendo priced console. Um, I'm afraid that that's going to something like that is going to be incredibly high priced, and, and I don't know if it would sell very well because of that. But we are seeing, I mean, Xbox and and PlayStation both were priced higher and they've sold pretty well. So maybe price is not as important as it once was, um, but. I think going on what people have talked about the hybrid console, that excites me, but I don't know how they would work for the price. Um, other than that, I, I have no idea. Um, I, I don't know what Nintendo could pull out. I mean, people are talking VR and holograms and all this other stuff, so <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I'm with you with the hybrid. Uh, you know, I've thought about it, and the thing I keep thinking about is 
you know, people complain about the Wii U having no games and looking at the 3DS, and it does. And if they combined those libraries into one console, that would be insane. Every year would just be jam-packed with tons and tons of games that you wouldn't even need for parties. But, again, I'm trying to think how they would do it. And the only way I could sort of see it is if they sold them separately. One be a console, just, you know, standard console for the TV, and the other one be a handheld, but they talk to each other. And you can buy them both, and you you can use them both, uh, but you won't necessarily need to have them both to keep costs down. Uh, kind of like how people said, oh, you know, I wish the Wii U was packaged with a Pro Controller. Why do I need to get the gamepad? And the cost went up. And this is the same thing with the Xbox One. Why does it have to be packaged with the Kinect? We don't want the Kinect. And they sold it, you know, without the Kinect now. And, you know, kind of like what the Vita does to the PS4, except they can't sell the Vita for shit. Um, this would all be Nintendo. And the only way I'm thinking is what would you do with games? Would you use cards like the 3DS is? Would you use discs? Like the Wii U, uh, and if you just what if, how would that what if it was purely downloadable, Barry? Then I, then, then <laughs> Nintendo would lose my business. That's for sure. <laughs> At least from the handheld part. But no, it couldn't be because you would need you would need a hard drive, and they they wouldn't do that. They they want to make sure people they need retail space is so important. That's one of the big things with Amiibo is that there's retail space. Now there's physical figures. People are holding it. The reason all these figures are selling Skylanders, Disney, Infinity, and the Bebo is because people like physical goods. They like to have that toy. They like to hold it. Uh, and why, when they said, oh, we'll do cards later on, people are like, no, 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 I, I want to buy the Amiibo. I want that figure. So retail space is too important for them to just go all digital. It's, it would never happen, at least not anytime soon. Not as long as people are still shopping at Walmarts and Targets uh, and Toys Process and stuff, it won't happen. But that's what I'd like to see. Uh, they also made that cryptic sentence about, like, it being something, like, revolutionary. And the last time they did that, we got the Wii, a.k.a. the revolution. Uh, so who knows really what Nintendo will come up with next because they have so many different ways they've already innovated that no one thought about. And obviously the next logical step is VR, which, you know, Oculus is doing, Sony's doing, or holograms like Microsoft is doing. Uh, that seems like the most logical step. Uh, other than putting a, a you know a empty cardboard box with a hole in it and say this is called outside, put it up to your face and walk out there. Uh, there's nothing else really I can think of where they can go. So I'm really excited to see. Well, I think that Nintendo going in the route of VR is completely opposite to everything that Nintendo has always stood for. Nintendo is really one of the last major holders of the belief that local multiplayer is the best multiplayer and strapping goggles on your head and isolating you from all your friends just seems completely opposite to everything that they've always stood for. Did uh, I remind I you about the virtual bikes? That the sign out of the realm. <laughs> and we know how well you, that did. <laughs> did I remind you that the virtual boys did sales wise and you know critically. Um 2017, we will all be the proud owners of the Nintendo NX, which is the brand new first ever smartphone from Nintendo. So, hey. oh, God. <laughs> I say you're out of your name. Get out. Now. Go on. Go. Go. Blasphemy. Hey. I'll be happy. <laughs> I, I totally agree with the 2017 mark, I think. So, I mean, I think right. some people have been talking about 2016 launch, and I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, at all, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna announce it, and and it it probably be out at tw- holiday 2017. It's if probably really shoot for yeah. it. I mean, if Zelda is a 2016 Wii U game now, there cannot be an NX in 2016. And if Zelda is an NX title, I'm quitting Nintendo for life. <laughs> I can't take it again. I cannot go through another Twilight Princess. Oh, you lasted a month. It was one month you had to wait. That wasn't so bad. It was one month of agony. Uh, that's why you waited like the rest of us and got a Wii at launch day to play Twilight Princess first thing. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think um, um, I agree with Nick. Not on the smartphone thing. I don't know if that'll happen. I, but, uh, mostly I a joke, mostly. 
Well, you never know with Nintendo nowadays. They uh, they surprise us sometimes. But now, I, I mean, well, I think 2017 is. Um, yeah. Um, I think 2017 is is a uh, probably a good date that we'll see it. My prediction, um, I think is going to be that it's going to be a separate console and handheld, but it's going to be. I think they're going to be released either at the same time or close to each other. And I think they're going to have like the same operating system. I almost imagine it as like an iPhone and iPad in a way. Um, if we're kind of doing all these mobile comparisons, because the iPhone has its own specific games, the iPad has its own specific games, but it's the same operating system. And there's a lot of games that are on both devices together. So I, I kind of envision something like that where, because we know that their development teams are working together. Now they kind of integrated the hardware or the, the, um, the console and, and handheld teams um, together. So I think they're going to be developing things a lot more closely. You know, I envision more scenarios like Smash Brothers where they have 3DS and Wii U games and there's some differences, but they can connect with each other and there's a lot of similarities and stuff like that. Um, and that way you can kind of, you know, get your pick of home console, handheld, or both. And then I'm sure there's going to be advantages to having both and everything as well and their own unique experiences to each. Um, but I think that's kind of, they're definitely in that direction of integrating things more. Right. Well, it makes sense. What's that? I said, as long as they don't make you buy the game, the same game twice, with their yeah, no insurance. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, really, if we're, if we're looking at and gen- talking just general consumer electronics, I mean, um, smartphones and computers are, are more tightly integrated than the neighbor have been for, um, both from, from Apple and from for, uh, definitely from Windows, um, and they're just tying it together. And I think Nintendo is probably thinking, okay, you know, how can we do this on, on the gaming front as well? Um, really tie these these two consoles together. And and I think this new 3DS is probably, in a way, yeah, it was kind of it was about time for something new on the handheld market for them. Um, but this is kind of probably one of those things that you know, we can buy some time releasing a a, a slightly improved 3DS. Um, for our handheld uh, console, and you know the Wii U definitely has a, a few more years into it. And yeah, I think 2017 we could see we could see something. If it's not the same thing, I think like you're saying, it could definitely be a stand a side by side launch for both both consoles at the same time. Right, yeah, and with 20- how they're trying to integrate the network Nintendo Network ID stuff too, I think what Barry mentioned about not having to buy games twice. I mean, if Nintendo Network ID is becoming so integral to everything. I mean, you buy it once on your your ID, and then it's there on on those systems. Yeah, 2017 seems like the most logical date. It also will put the Wii U at a five-year life cycle, which is exactly what most other Nintendo consoles have had. Uh, You know, I saw some people freak out, like, oh, the NX has announced the Wii U's dead. They announced the, the Wii U two years before it came out. They announced the Wii two years before it came out. So it's you know, nothing out of the ordinary. And I could even see 2018 uh, as a possibility, early 2018. And the reason I say that is they announced it this year, but they stated you're not going to hear anything else till next year. And for all we know, you know, it's still in very early concept stages. And they even stated the only reason they did that is to convince people, hey, we're not leaving the dedicated console gaming business. We're still in it, and here's our proof of that dedication. Uh, so it was announced very, very early, which Nintendo very rarely does. So, you know, I think even 2018 is a possibility. Uh, it, it all depends on, you know, how everything is going. I mean, if they if they put out, you know, 2016 Zelda U in March and all of a sudden Wii U sales take off, they'd be stupid to say 2017 NX, screw you. They'd pull a Sega at that point. They would have to ride the Wii U a little bit longer. If it's selling, they at least hold off the release right. date, not mention anything yeah. about about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, oh shoot! I forgot what I was going to say. Ah, ah it's gone. <laughs> Wasn't important enough. Um, <laughs> uh, Ross in the chat, his his little uh, prediction here is he he thinks it'll be a hybrid, uh, but he says but they're going to go a little further than that. They could have a handheld that works as a controller that auto-connects and syncs to your system once you get home. The system would have a disk slot. There would be what is called a display adapter where you can tap your handheld or device to beam it to your TV, built-in NFC, no lag. The technology already exists and is affordable. Um, so that's uh, 
that's another possibility. So there's there's lots of things. I mean, but then of course it's Nintendo, so they're gonna come out and release something that nobody even thought about. I mean, who thought about glasses free 3D or thought about you know a screen on your gamepad and everything? I mean, or the motion controls on the Wii. I mean, all these things nobody thought about, and then here they are now. So so uh, right. know, who knows what shoulder button. <laughs> Yeah, I remember what I was going to say. I was going to uh, mention just about the release date. I think it essentially, I agree that that I think what I basically just said this just to, you know, because he's basically just stating the obvious. Um, we all knew that they were working on their next console. Um, you know, are we sure if Sony or Microsoft are going to come out with another console after the Xbox One or PlayStation 4? Maybe not. Who knows? But we're pretty sure that obviously we know, we all know that the Wii U can improve. Um, and so it was basically him just stating the obvious to reassure us that they're not giving up on console gaming. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see exactly what this whole Nintendo NX business is all about. But as you can tell, there's a lot of interesting ideas out there and a lot of possibilities. So, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So that's that for this episode. So thank you to everybody that, uh, that listened and, and watched in. We really do appreciate that. Um, we will have another episode in, in April sometime, and possibly, you know, if there's an, another Nintendo Direct soon, which usually what always happens, if you haven't listened to the podcast recently, I mean, we always do an episode, and then, like, that week there happens to be a Nintendo Direct or something because Nintendo is always like, oh, as if you didn't have enough stuff to talk about, here's more things. So... Who knows? Maybe we'll get a Nintendo Direct soon. Or, or Four, four chance at April 1st, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, April 1st is like the most reliable date ever. So, I mean, it's definitely a, a strong possibility. Um, yeah, you never know what other announcements Nintendo will make on April 1st. So stay tuned to NintendoFuse.com and uh, you'll, right. uh, you'll see the latest announcements. Uh, Probably have some scoops. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't uh, be surprised so to hear said, Nintendo uh, buying Sony and Microsoft at this new Nintendo Direct on April 1st. I really wouldn't, you know. They got the money. Yeah, that is absolutely true. You never stay tuned. That's all I can say. NintendoFuse.com. Bookmark it. Be ready. Um, uh, but, yeah, thank you to Nick for, for joining us today as well. Uh, we appreciate uh, you being on here. Thanks, um, guys. Yeah, no problem. And uh, we will see you guys next time. So stay tuned to NintendoFuse.com to find out when the next episode is. And we will see you later. See ya. Okay.